Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, hello and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. I hope you guys are well. My name is uh, Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we will, of course, be looking ahead to Saturday's FA Cup second round tie uh, with Stockport County at the Valley. Joining me to do just that, first up, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing? Welsh Wallin, enjoying the World Cup so far? It's been all right. Yeah, enjoying it. Unbeaten yeah. so far, aren't you? Yeah, you'll take that, especially after that first half performance. I'll take that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, obviously, Iran tomorrow morning and then a the big one next Tuesday. Yeah, England. Who are you supporting in that game then? Uh, I haven't decided if I'm being brutally honest. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, it must be. It must be nice to be able to decide who you want to support at full time when you can see who's won. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to wait could, for the end of the game. Wish I could do that with Charlton games. <laughs> also joining <laughs> us, uh, a man who wouldn't even dream of supporting Wales, uh, Mr. Mark Newby. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, of a long list of teams I'd never support. Wales is pretty much pretty much up there. So I'm good, yeah. thanks. But not Stockport County because you've told me you've worn a Stockport County shirt in your life. I have. I, I went in the early 90s to Wembley. Stockport were playing Burnham in some kind of cup final and I was working with another chef who was a big Stockport fan. He said, do you want to go? I said, yeah, OK, I'll come with you. He said, go on then, stick this on. He gave me a lovely purple Stockport shirt to wear and we went and Stockport lost. So hopefully I'll be an omen for them. Yeah, never looked back since then with your undying support of Stockport County. <laughs> so on this week's show then, as I said, we'll be looking ahead to that game uh, with Stockport in a few moments' time. We've also got what, a bit of breaking news that came out today. Jaden Stockley, a band for free games after an incident that wasn't picked up at the time by the officials up at Port Vale. Um, but a, a, a retrospective free game ban has been applied now uh, upon uh, the uh, footage of that being looked at. We're going to talk about, uh, of course, the Stockport game. We're going to talk about the Brighton tickets are out. Uh, have a quick look back at the Plymouth game uh, in midweek. We've been knocked out of the Pepperoni Trophy, unfortunately. But we will hear from uh, two strikers who got, uh, well, two players who got goals on uh, their, their maiden senior goals, Dan Carney and uh, Karoy Anderson. Uh, so we'll hear from those who are going to hear from Emma Follis. She's back from injury, thankfully, for the women's team. Uh, played a part in that win over Palace uh, over the weekend. And then we're going to hear from Nick from the Scarf Bagara War Pod. That's the Stockport County podcast. Uh, he's going to tell us how excited the Hatters are uh, for Saturday's game. So first up, I mean, the, the big news, it came out of absolutely nowhere uh, now uh, as well. So on, on Saturday... And I had to go back through my own commentary to see if I if I noticed it. And, and I'll just play you it now. I did notice this incident, but I didn't think too much of it at the time. At Burton last week, there's a, a little incident off the ball there with Stockley running past one of the Vale defenders who goes down. But he's happy to uh, get back to his feet. So we can go uh, back up to uh, well, Merseyside, Prenton Park. So there you go. So I just about saw an incident on the far side of the pitch. The, the player involved got back up quite quickly. Um, and it's not unlike, you know, it's not often you... You always see Jaden Stockley going into this stuff, if we're being honest. Uh, but this time he's been caught. So uh, someone, somewhere, has, has picked up some video footage and sent it to the FA. Usually you'd expect that would be Port Vale, uh, who, who would have been involved with that. And you can see why, um, Tom, you look at it, he's effectively, it's a forearm smash in, into the defender's face. Um, the ball's gone back to the keeper. The defender's turned to start walking back up the pitch. And uh, Stockley's laid it in with his forearm smash. Now, we know Jaden likes to be a bit physical, likes to make his mark on strikers. You know, we saw that incident up at Sunderland last season where we defended him because he was accused of, of headbutting and it wasn't really a headbutt, it was more of a shoulder barge. Um, but is there any defending that? No, not for me. This one's pretty pretty cut and dry. Uh, the footage shows it clearly. I know the camera sort of pans away as it happens, but you can you can see it happen and... It doesn't look to me like he's just trying to block him off or anything. The, the defender just sort of jogging back across him, and yeah, I don't think he had to do it at all. It, you know, it, it hard to say it's premeditated or anything like that, but to me, it just looks like a moment of madness. Which, as you say, he we know he's capable of, and we know he's frustrated at the moment. The season's not going the way he or we want. Um, he's under pressure to perform, and it, it's not going well. 
that doesn't excuse it, but that lends itself to suggest it's perhaps not a surprise because this is a man who's angry with with how his season's going and, and maybe has just lashed out. But yeah, in some ways for him, I think this this three games enforced absence is probably good for him to, to get a bit of a reset. Um, and I know people on Twitter are kind of laughing and saying it's good for us as well. And usually I'd say, yes, it is, but we haven't really got anybody to put in. We can obviously talk about Carnu's performance on, on Tuesday. We've got Chucks, who who may well have to start. Um, and obviously Kirky's been up there a little bit, but th- that's the worry here that, you know, this is a team game. He's supposed to be the captain and the leader of this team. And to do something as stupid as that has put the club in jeopardy. You know, for all people want to joke and say, well, no, he hasn't because he wouldn't score if he was playing. The truth is he's our captain and he's our starting forward, whether we like it or not at the moment. And he's now just got himself banned for three games. So, yeah, very disappointing from my side. Um, and as I say, I think a result of the frustration of the way his season's going. Yeah, as Tom says, Mark, it just sums up for, for Jaden. You know, he's he's not had a great season. I mean, there was an incident in the second half as well, actually, where he... Um, uh, right in front of me where I was commentating, he sort of jumped over a defender. And I, 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 I could lean on arguing this was accidental, but his stud certainly landed on the head of a defender uh, right in front of the Port Vale dugout as well. And again, they, they were up and, and asking for, for questions. We know he likes to, like I say, make his mark and let defenders know that he's there. But you know, with, with his captain's head on, he, ha- he has to be more sensible in that situation. Yes, he does. And I agree with Tom. There isn't uh, no defence of it. I mean, the issue I have with a situation is that you can watch any match and you can see things all the time. I've, I've said to you where I, where my seat is, which is right behind the home goal first row. You see so much, especially at corners and you with screaming at the linesman. Are you not seeing this? And it's digs, it's kicks, it's pulls, it's tugs. It is um, elbows and nothing gets picked up. And it is obviously Port Vale aren't happy and they've, isolated the incident and played it in slow motion obviously sent it off to the FA and the FA gone well we have to do something about it but I'd say you could probably find two or three incidents virtually in any game where you can do that I mean we could go back and find you know against opposition wherever it's happened to us and as I've said I've seen us do it to other players other teams as well and it's not good it's not big it's not clever because if you do get caught um, I remember Jan many years ago getting punched off a ball in a penalty area and the referee turned around and caught it and the ball wasn't anywhere near and he sent their guy off and we got a penalty and you think to yourself that's the kind of thing which would have been missed many years ago uh, unfortunately because of the timing of it if it happened before the um, Papa John's game at least it would have taken up one game it's difficult being without a striker and it's about 50-50 with the lovers and haters at the moment online people who absolutely hate him and think he's the worst thing in the world in a red shirt and there's people saying well you know look what he's done for us last year it's not the right system if you look at how he plays we don't play to his strength really at all it's a it's a silly boy we are going to miss him because we don't have that depth if he starts chucks if he's going to do 60 minutes and it's nil nil and you take him off it puts a lot of pressure on the young lads coming on in the last 30 to do something or do you start with the young lads and then say, look, we've got Chucks there if we need to bring on, which is why I'd go. And it's a case of it just shows for lack of depth we've got, unfortunately. Mm. And it's nothing we can do about it at the moment. Yeah, and it makes things certainly difficult. So, yeah, so sort of touching on what you said there, Dean's emailed in saying what I want to know is who grasped Stockley up on the elbow. No official saw it. Then they give him the ban after the game. So if they have to look back over the game, then surely this will be happening all the time. It just shows how bad the officials are that they have to make decisions that they have missed after the game. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it does happen probably more often than you realise. Um, so, uh, you know, there, there's been a few examples that have been put up uh, on, on social media today of other teams' players uh, being retrospectively banned. You know, you may remember Stampy Sam Finley, the, the Accrington player who stamped on Lyle Taylor's head, which is, I guess, something that a lot of Charlton fans wanted to do by the end of a, a couple of seasons ago. But he he was caught up retrospectively. Um, I think that, if I remember rightly, yeah, I can't remember if that game was on TV, actually, or, but cer- certainly there was lots of footage of it available. So those things do get picked up. Um, who exactly? Yeah, I mean, my, my theory is that, that someone at Port Vale has seen it, but if your player's been an assaulted... Uh, then you're not short through really. I'm sure. I'm sure we've done uh, the reverse at the same time. As Steve said, uh, Jaden Stockley's ban has probably come at a good time. The player can take the time out to reflect 
and rediscover his form with Ghana able to explore alternatives under no pressure uh, from his captain. It's a good opportunity for youngsters to make a name for himself. Um, and then he looks ahead to the, the Stockport game saying we have to play our strongest team if we were to get into uh, round three and play a major Premier League team with apologies to Brighton of course we've got in the League Cup uh, it could give the club a lift and uh, some cash to spend in January promotion this season is a pipe dream so the Cups are the only way uh, that we can repay um, some of the fans uh, <laughs> loyalty he says you'll win that pod of the year award next year yeah yeah maybe we need to start gathering footage of our rivals kicking people and punching people to, to have a chance of that um yeah a couple more messages on um on the stockley stuff as well rachel said it's not the most uh, helpful time for him to bench himself uh, of course with our lack of options elsewhere and he says is it something worth discussing on uh, today's but is it okay to personally abuse a player because they're out of form particularly one who's delivered so much for the club uh, previously both on and off the pitch uh, and when does the abuse uh, what does it achieve other than making the abuser uh, feel good uh, all the personal hatred for a guy who scored 20 goals for us last season. This uh, shows, uh, said how much he loves being at the club. He's having a poor season with no help from the wingers who won't play uh, to his strengths. It's such a shame. I mean, I- I've seen criticism, certainly, of Jaden Stockley. I'm- I haven't personally seen ever any major abuse. You know, I, I think most of the stuff I've-, I've seen borders on, you know, he's had a poor season and you're the captain and you're a, you're a big player for us and so you're not playing to your... Uh, to to your potential to an extent, whether that includes because of the the, the style of play we're, we're playing, etc., is, is obviously up for debate. But yeah, fans have certainly been getting on his back. But I mean, I, I can kind of understand why. I, I don't know if he's on social media much, Jaden Stockley. So I can't imagine he reads a great deal of it. So yeah, what did you um, what, what did you you make of the abuse or, or criticism that that Jaden's picked up so far this season, Tom? I think criticism of Jaden. Uh, in terms of his performance and certainly his output is warranted uh, in as much as any criticism of somebody just doing their job is warranted. Um, You know, it's very easy to compare and I know you hear it sometimes where you compare to, you know, what if someone came into your office and abused you, but I think it's different. Look, they're they're professional footballers. They have fans um, and those fans are supporters of the club. So if somebody representing their club isn't representing them to the level that, that is, they perhaps expect, then that's the nature of the sport. You're going to come in for criticism. And as you said there, there is a line. I think criticism of his performances is absolutely fine. I think in this instance, potentially criticism of his character is potentially fine. If people are criticising, you know, his family or criticising the person he is or or something like that, then that oversteps a boundary because that's that's got nothing to do with us. I think you could criticise work rate as well, but I don't think in this instance necessarily work rate is an issue but I know for some people perhaps that's how it's perceived as well so yeah I don't think there's any problem excuse me with with criticizing in terms of performance at all but that criticism has to be fair uh, and as I said uh, I think if you ask Jaden uh, and I think possibly there is a, a chance here that the reason that this has happened or part of the Part of the reason this has happened is to do with his frustration. I think he would be one of the first to admit that this season's not going the way he wants as well. So, yeah, it's uh, there is a line to be drawn, of course, and nobody wants to be criticised. But you know, any of again, any of us in our job expect to be criticised if we're not doing the job to, to our ability. So I, I don't see that it's any different than that in, in this mm. instance. Yeah, right. Well, Platy says uh, can't condone the uh, actions of Jaden Stockley, but this does uh, add a dimension a bit like uh, VAR. Uh, how often do we see an off or on the ball incident which is missed by the ref? Uh, will this be a thing of the future? More thoughts? Well, it, it, honestly, it, it does happen more than you'd think. Um, there was one a few years ago that actually we got away with, thankfully, because we did have our own footage. Where um, again, it was Lyle Taylor who won a penalty against Burton Albion at the Valley a number of, a couple of years ago. A uh, game we won two one, a midweek game, and he and uh, the the, uh, the the FA or whoever look, looks at it looked back at the footage after the the game, looked at the penalty. And said it, we, he was going to get banned for for yellow card simulation, um, which was sort of a rule that, that was in and around that time. Uh, but luckily, Charlton had a, a camera elsewhere to send further footage to prove it wasn't simulation. But you, you'll be surprised how often these things get looked at behind the scenes. And you know, if you look at other teams, um, or if you look at the FA spokesman Twitter account, you you see these bans getting handed out. So it, it does happen more often than you think. But yeah, we've. Um, I, I do I do worry about the levels of consistency you will get with it because as Mark has said and as the e- emails uh, elsewhere said as well that, that it, it is sort of a case of where if someone spots it and sends it then it gets dealt with but if they don't then they get away with it and, and there will be a bit of consistency uh, that goes amiss there I mean it's, it's a good time to, to turn our attention then to Mark looking ahead to 
the Stockport game coming up in the FA Cup. Then it's the second round game uh, for us. Excited for this one, actually, because, of course, a, a place in the third round uh, is up for grabs uh, against a, a Stockport side back in um, back in the Football League this season after a, a long time out where they actually uh, drifted into into non-league and, and, and the National League South, which I was almost uh, surprised to re- remember when we were going through the research for this for this game. Um, I mean, from our point of view, we start. I mean, the question that this will be on everyone's lips is, well, what sort of team do we put out? And obviously now that question revolves around the strikers because we ain't starting Chucks, <laughs> we ain't starting Chucks and EK. Like no matter how much people think Stockley getting getting suspended now will mean, we, I just can't see it happening. So, well, I mean, what sort of team we've, we've put out in the FA Cup so far this season? We've put out a pretty strong team and, and the League Cup. So. I'd expect there, there isn't a great deal of room for manoeuvre unless we go very young like we did against Plymouth in the Papa John's. I expect it'll be a team that's sort of stocked full of um, of first-teamers on, on Saturday. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it should be. I think it's a second-round game. We all know the big boys come in at the third round. And, OK, we've got Brighton coming here already, but it's still nice in the third round to think, oh, we could get, get another Prem draw. Um it's it's difficult because, like you say, we don't really have that many bodies knocking around. Um, he could play Carnu uh, possibly, uh, and leave Chucks there and put maybe might be enough for Payne up front. I know he's not going to win many headers. I mean, but he he's dangerous and is quite good at his movements. Very good. It's not the ideal situation to have. And then you're going to be looking to your midfield and your Raksakis and your CBTs to come in. Charlie Kirk, if he plays, and then start saying, right, we've got no one to aim for, so we'll have a crack ourselves. I don't think he can change it up too much. Obviously, he may stick one um, of the centre-halves in, maybe chin in as well on the left, because I think you've got to keep Claire there. So I think it's going to be a majority, an 80% strong team with just a smattering of youngsters. And of course, with a goalkeeping situation, you know, that speaks for itself. Yeah, well, yeah, you'd assume someone out of Ashley Maynard Brewer and, and Harness will start. Well, I guess Maka probably won't be a million miles away from coming back now if the, the concussion protocol has been met, as long as he's recovered well. Hopefully we'll find out more from, from Ben Garner uh, in his press conference on Friday. Um I feel like this is a big game for us, Tom. Now, now I, I was making the argument sort of this time last week that our cup runs are pretty much the, the best thing <laughs> about this season. And they have probably, you know, when we were going into that Port Vale game last weekend, uh, you know, and, and we just drawn with, with Burton as well. I think the fact that we'd had a, a couple of cup runs was probably helping to overshadow a little bit of the fact that we weren't winning many league games. You know, we, we after the Burton game, it was three league games without a win. But people were still on a bit of a high because we're through to you know Brighton and and through into the second round and through into the next round of the Papa Johns. Um, so I, I just want to go for it really Saturday. See if we can get it to the third round. See if we can keep some interest in this season ticking over into the new year. Uh, yeah, totally agree. Uh, I think the Papa Johns was a was more of a distraction, and I know we had the debate was it last week or the week before about would I prefer us to get to the final of that or the League Cup or or you know, go up and look, I stand by the fact that I still think until promotion is not mathematically impossible because that takes a long time. But I still think it's the sort of league where if we were to win our next four in the league, we, we'd suddenly be back in the hunt. It would be interesting to see what your spreadsheet looked like at that point. But I think ultimately, you know, that that's hopeful compared to these cup runs. You know, you look at the game that we've got on Saturday, it's, it's eminently winnable. Uh, and and as you say, then you get through and you've got a chance of getting a, a big draw. And if we're not going to go up, which as I say is looking less and less likely by the week, then you want you want a day out, don't you? you want something to enjoy, and yeah, that that's what you want. So the cup runs, I agree with you, have slightly masked it. Um, I think that the Papa John's, for what it was worth and for what Tuesday night was worth, has given some people a, a magnificent opportunity. But with the size of squad we've got, was becoming a bit of a distraction, as I say. League Cup, we'll have to see what happens because despite the fact it's not what we call a glamour tie, they're still a team that probably will come down here and expect to win. But this is one where we can expect to get through and then we've got all that excitement of a draw to to find out who we get in the next round. So, yeah, I think that you, as fans, you look for, for any kind of positive, don't you? And, and as you say, at the moment, the league isn't really giving us enough of that. So you look at the Cups and you think, well, there's an opportunity. And, you know, this season hasn't been vintage so far. But we've had a couple of days, like the Ipswich game, which 
still, when I think about it, I can't believe it was a draw, given how happy we were with it. Uh, and maybe a third round tie against a Premier League team would be another one that we look back on and go, well, do you know what? wasn't the best season in the world, but we had a, a few good days out. So, uh, yeah, we have to get through Saturday first and, and, you know, we can't overlook that and we've got to take that game seriously. Mm, all right, excellent. Well, we'll preview the game with Stockport a little bit more as well later on in the show when we hear from uh, Nick from the Scarf Bagara War podcast uh, to chat a little bit more about that fixture. Um, but before we look at the defeat against Plymouth and the, the tickets for um, the Brighton game have come out now in the League Cup, Mark. I mean, again, no, nothing's ever simple. Is there sort of accidentally half leaked last night on the website and available and there was confusion about which parts of the ground are open? But now, now that we know which parts of the ground are open, which are... Um, well, for for Charlton fans, it's a uh, covered end upper and lower, and the west lower. Uh, obviously, the Jimmy Seed stand will be for the Brighton fans. Now, the Alan Kirby stand is currently not available. Um, I mean, I see Rick Everett suggesting that there is some perhaps early discussion that maybe Brighton fans might be offered tickets in there as well, but we don't really know if that's the case just as yet. Um, I mean, the, the the problem that people have with, with closing stands for a big cup game like this is it sort of sends the message that the club aren't necessarily that. Take, taking it that that you know making it a big game it's, it should be it should be a big game you know I mean Peter Varney said Charlton will allow thirty thousand uh, Charlton will allow three thousand away fans uh, for the League Cup tie but they're closing fifty percent of the ground for home fans which will serve to reduce the attendance and dull the atmosphere in cup matches the cost of stewarding is met by both teams so it doesn't save much money as well so you know someone who's been there and done that Peter Varney saying that it, it will probably stifle the crowd and, and it will dull the atmosphere and the attendance I mean. Uh, are you frustrated? Uh, would you have liked to see? You know, I thought the Norwich game last season when we had North Upper Lower, West West Lower, and East open. I thought that worked really well. I don't know. Logically, it's a midweek, just before Christmas. So I just think that Alan Kirbishley would look so empty. I understand the people's feeling behind it, saying, "Yeah, we can. We're never going to fill it out midweek." On a okay, the kids aren't at school, but is another game where people have got to fork out for as reasonable as it is so opening up those stands I think is, is sensible to be quite honest I know it's probably not what people want to hear but I think if you look at it in a logic way you know the Brighton fans are you know will they bring will they fill it out they probably will they probably won't need any overspill would how much are we going to have for there I'd be surprised if it was more than six seven thousand even for a premiership game a premiership team in a, in a cup game, I wouldn't be surprised if it was less than sort of like 7,000. So opening up the Allen Kirbishley just seems a bit pointless for the, for the sake of it, of saying, oh, we've got all four sides open. I mean, so, I mean, Tom, do you think it sends the right message then? That it's sort of like, well, if the club are taking the stance, oh, we're not going to sell it anyway. I mean, obviously the, op- the option is there to open it if if we are selling enough tickets but does it send the right message does it i mean you know because i've I, i'll be honest i've gone into the game with brighton and i don't think oh wow brighton are coming because they're wherever they are in the premier league i think they were sick when we drew them um i'm just thinking oh it could have been liverpool could have been man united so i'm not that excited about the fixture but at the same time i wasn't that excited about drawing norwich last season and actually when we when we had a decent crowd on each side you know when, when people could buy their normal season ticket seats in the allen kerbishley you know and there were Lots of fans there. It actually made it into quite an entertaining cup tie. I think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I think if they price it all at a fiver uh, and sell out this part and then start to open it up, people say, well, you're selling it for a fiver, you're not taking it seriously. If they open the whole ground from the start and you only sell 5,000 and people are dotted around, as Mark said, then you look like we can't fill our stadium. It's, It's a difficult one to get right. I suppose... What you want from the club in terms of PR and in terms of their their marketing of it is that they're taking it seriously. I don't think just keeping those parts of the ground open alone is enough to say that they're not. Uh, I think obviously the shambles with, with what parts of the ground were being opened and it being leaked and all of that is obviously not ideal. But look, if all of that sells out, it's all right fans come, coming on, on social media and saying that, but put your money where your mouth is is and if you've bought a ticket and enough people do and it is sold out at that point they can open the ground up so yeah it it is a difficult one I guess and and I guess the reason people are making this statement is you look at a game and you see that the stadium is half full and you then immediately as a fan don't take the game that seriously I bought my ticket today and I'm I'm kind of thinking that that atmosphere is going to be deadened but at the same point like I say if you had the same amount of people spread over the whole ground I don't know what sort of difference it really makes so 
it's a really difficult one. I don't think <clears throat> I don't think I can kind of agree one way or the other. Um, I, I just think as exactly as you are really that it's a game that just isn't quite big enough to to give people the hype. And I know I've said this a few times this season, but we have to think about the the wider economic climate, the fact it's in the middle of winter, it's close to Christmas as well, it's going to be cold. It's you know, there's all these factors which is you know probably just makes me sound absolutely miserable. But as I say, I am going and I have got a ticket. But these are factors that you have to bring into consideration as well. And ultimately, Brighton at home, unless it was the League Cup semi-final or quarter-final, probably isn't going to sell a lot of tickets. And and that's just the way it is. Right. Well, one thing we won't be selling a lot of tickets for is uh, the remaining games of the Papa John's Trophy because we are out. We were beaten uh, at Plymouth uh, on Tuesday night. Let's have a listen back. Uh, to the goals. So I'm just trying to press Plymouth in here. It's with Cask on there. Cresk rather on the right hand side. And it's Carl. Good work from Carl. He's taking the ball off for Cresk. Trying to slide past the keeper in the first attempt. Does so at the second. Daniel Carl hunting Cresk down after the keeper had played it short. Got to the ball. Took it inside. Got his shot away. Good save from Burton at the first attempt. But Carl following it up. Buried the opening goal for the Addicts, and after eight minutes, Cheltenham 1-0 up here. A great start. Mumba turning away from Campbell. It's further to the right. Jim Colbrook, uh, the ball coming forward. Cosgrove looked offside there, but he's uh, got into the penalty and he's finished there. That looks uh, extremely tight call. And Warrow is not happy with the decision. He has to look at it again. But, uh, Cosgrove got beyond Charles back four. It's a fine shot into the bottom right-hand corner. Have to see uh, the instant that ball was played. It did look tight. Really tight. A bit of the back risk. I saw Carlo again looking interested, but uh, Halls gets there first, sends it away long, but uh, drift away. Obviously on the left-hand side for Charlton. He's taken throw from Chin back to Mitchell. He won't thank him for that. He's uh, immediately under pressure. And he's given the ball straight into the path of Ennis. Will finish. Charlton for him, one up and looking, I wouldn't say comfortable, but looking good for the lead. And now two run down. Stake there. Same for Zach Mitchell. And he clearly didn't see Ryan Ennis in the, on the edge of the section box. He was pinned in, but he said he wouldn't thank Chin for the throw. Strange game to assess that first half, I think. Um, the Addicts will be a little disappointed to go in behind, I think, especially with the start that the Addicts made. And uh, I'll just cut off now because uh, there's an even worse start to the second half. Roberts has nipped in ahead of Henry. The ball out to the edge of the Charlton belt here. Henry dispossessed by Roberts. And worst possible start to the second half for the Addicts. So he's Plymouth going. to the right-hand side. Anderson making the run. Ahead of him is a uh, good ball to find him as well. Kawhi Anderson's in. Can he touch it right to Kano? Instead, he's going on his own. Anderson, that's a great finish. Kawhi Anderson started the run deep in his own half. Asimwe spotted it. With a lovely ball forward to find him. And Asimwe with, uh, with Anderson with uh, Kano inside of him. Used him as a decoy. Finished it with his right foot and Charlton and now 3-2. Great finish from Ryan, his debut as well, by the way. Great composure and finish from the young man. Charlton a 3-2 here. Cheers, that was uh, Terry Smith on Charlton TV uh, commentating on that defeat uh, at Plymouth. A, a rare one for me, I wasn't there. I was at a wedding on, on Tuesday. Massive congratulations to my friends Chris and Ree, who aren't Charlton fans and don't listen to this podcast. So, what a waste of time that was. But, um, they, um, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely sure I would have gone anyway because uh, it's a Papa John's game, you know, and I, I, I could just about stomach going to Colchester or Leighton Orient for them, where I've, where I've been to away games in that competition. But it's a long way to go for a game, that, you know, that has no. No real meaning to to me, um, you know. I mean, I've, I've had a look at the highlights. I'm I'm not overly bothered that we're out, especially as we said with the 
uh, the, the squad issues we're having at the moment. I feel I feel a bit, it's a bit of a shame for some of the young the young lads who obviously were, were using that competition for minutes. And there were positives. We're going to hear uh, in a few moments' time from Dan and and, and Karoy who both scored in that game. But um, bothered about it, Mark. I, I guess the main the main bother for me is probably the manner of the goals we conceded. Uh, and two of the three goals that we conceded came from us overplaying at the back, which is obviously something that we're concerned about sometimes this season. Uh, the second goal, Zach Mitchell just playing it right into the middle. Uh, the third one, I think we were trying to play it out from a goal kick, and I think it was Aaron Henry looking at the, the replay who lost the ball on the edge of our box. So a, a problem that it seems to permeate throughout the entire club, not just the first team. Oh, you, you know, you, if you did that in a park, your mates would be giving you pelters for hours. You wouldn't even be able to go to a pub with them afterwards. Um, look, I'd rather they learnt and made this mistake in a pointless pizza cup game than in a league game. So it's something for the coaches to go back and say, right, there are sometimes, I'd said this during the week, stick it in row's head. You know, the opposition cannot score if a ball is halfway up the stand. It's, and with a player with it. I understand they want to try and play football and play it the right way, but you don't have... And the suicidal pass into the middle was just like, oh, this guy must have thought, oh, it's Christmas, Hanukkah, birthday, all come at the same time. <laughs> Again, youngsters, that's what it is. I mean, I'm surprised, you know, half of them were still up past their bedtimes out on that team. But we had a, you know, decent midfield. So it's an experience thing. I think you'd use it for what it is. If we hadn't got through, as soon as we drew Plymouth away and Plymouth at home were a different kettle of fish, um, I thought to myself, uh, you know, it'll be a trip down for some people and an experience. And so, I'd like I say, I'm not, am I bothered about it? Not an iota. No, we didn't get any major injuries to any of our, you know, squad players. And it did help Kanu get himself on the sheet. And the young lad who came on, I don't know much about him, Karoy, you know, it was a good finish. He, he's, he's buried it nicely. And uh, we do seem to have a production line and... I think a lot of people at the start of the season were surprised that Leeburn came in after the season Carnu had last year. But there's obviously, they look at Carnu being slightly rough around the edges with his all-round game. And Leeburn's got a touch more versatility to him. But, you know, I'm hoping for him, he, and he may get an opportunity in the next couple of games to come on to show what he can do. Because he is a poacher. I think he's the kind of like... He hasn't got Darren Bent's speed, but he's got that kind of Darren Bent instinct to pull on the shoulder. And he knows where the goal is. He's not. He's, he knows the goal doesn't move. You know, good strikers will tell you that. I said, I don't need to look where the post of a goalkeeper is. I know the goal doesn't move. So I know if I hit it, it's going to go in. And, you know, he's, he's finished it well. It came back to him because the goalkeeper made a save. But boom, he's put it back in. Cause he's, and that was the pleasing thing to see. Yeah, we lost. Am I bothered? No. No, yeah, two very good finishes. I mean, the, it, it was an extremely young side that um, that, that we sent down there. Um, again, I think there was 101 fans was announced as the away attendance. Um, you know, exactly how, how that's made up is, is obviously up for discussion. But um, I can't imagine any of them who went down there would have been overly shocked by the team that we put out, Tom. And, you know, and it, it just goes to show where we are as a squad. We're too small. You know, we heard what Ben had to say about it the other day, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. If you've gone down there thinking... We're going to be putting out our first eleven, then, then you're mad. Well, I think you're mad enough to go anyway. To be honest, but fair play to them. I admire that that uh, desire to want to go um, that distance on a Tuesday night for a game of that magnitude. But yeah, on the one hand, I think if that was a a conscious choice to to play those youth players because do you know what we just want to give them the opportunity, then great. And I think part of our decision making was that. But more the point is. We're struggling for numbers at the moment and we all know where the fault lies for that. Um, and, and as I say, you know, it's not a competition I ever want to be in, but it does give youngsters opportunity. And I can think back several years, sadly, because of how many times we've been in this competition in the last last few years, where there have been youngsters who may not even have then gone on to make the first team, but they have had opportunities where they've grabbed their first goal or it is their first professional uh, debut. and you know, they are going to remember that. And and for the likes of Carnu, who, as I think Mark just said, you wondered about breaking into the first team, hasn't quite happened. For someone like Anderson to come on and, and score that goal, you could see in the interview after the game how delighted they were. And 
that's the positive. That's the positive side. But the negative side is we're forced to play these players yet again because our squad's too small. So, yeah, as I said a little bit earlier, I'm glad we're out of it. I'm also glad that those players have had an opportunity. But ultimately, if we want to progress as a football football inside more generally, we have to have a bigger squad. And, you know, that's not rocket science and it's not something, you know, it's not a revelation, but it's something that has to be addressed in January. Yeah, certainly. Well, it was a good uh, a good night, as you said, for uh, Dan Carnu and Karoy Anderson. Both of them good finishes, actually. Dan did really well to, to press the Plymouth defence and win the ball high up the pitch and then uh, a second attempt uh, beat the goalkeeper. Karoy Anderson's finish, I thought, was really, really well uh, placed beyond the goalkeeper. Took it into his strike, cut inside, a lovely little finish. Uh, it was from Karoy. So uh, goals for both of those. First, uh, senior Charlton goals. Uh, they uh, both spoke to George Jones uh, after the game, uh, starting off with Dan Carnu on how happy he was uh, to break his addict style. Oh, so, so, so pleased. Like, I've been working so, so hard throughout the entirety of the season to try and get that first goal. So now I've got the first goal, I know I can continue to push from here. Uh, I've been unlucky in recent weeks to not get a goal. I've been getting in the right areas and I think that was the most important thing as long as I'm in the right areas to do my damage, then I believe in myself and the team around me believe in me as well that I'll finish and today I'm happy I was able to deliver for the team. Talk us through the goal because it was sort of a, a chance that you made out of nothing really, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the defender received the ball and noticed that he was a bit hesitant when he received it. So I decided to apply pressure pressure on him and he tried to turn back and I nicked it off him. Drove towards the goal, initial shot got saved but I was very, very eager to get the rebound and thankfully I put it in this time. And yeah, I'm just really, really, really happy with the goal scored today and hopefully it's the first of many for the club. And Karoy, you did a bit of a double today your debut and then a few minutes later your first goal how would you summarize tonight um it's unbelievable i couldn't really believe it like i was focused on just trying to um like contribute to the game if i got on i was warming up for a bit and then luckily i got on then when it when i came on like i just can't i can't put into words like how i'm feeling right now but unfortunately we couldn't get a win with it but personally it's been a good day when you stood on the sidelines, what were the coaches saying to you just before you came on? There wasn't that many instructions, just enjoy it and just be myself and play how I normally play. Um, a few tactical things, but just enjoy the moment. Dan, unfortunately, our Papa John's trophy journey has come to an end for this season. You've played pretty much in every game, I think. How much have you learned playing in these matches? It's a great experience to play against professionals and play against players that play in the top leagues and yeah I've learned so so much about myself and about how I can like impose my style on the game how I can be effective I've learned a lot about that this season that I probably wouldn't have learned last season and I'll try and continue to learn that's what I always want to do I want to continue to learn and get better and progress as a player. Do you feel like as those matches have gone on so we obviously started with Gillingham and from then up until now do you feel like you've got stronger and stronger? Yeah, definitely. And I think gain a lot more confidence to do what I want to do and to do what I love doing, which is putting the ball in the back of the net. And I think I've got closer and closer as the weeks have gone on and the games have gone on. I'm glad I was finally able to put it, put it in today. I know it's very frustrating to lose the game and obviously be out of the competition. But as Corey said, plenty of positives to take from the game, especially for us as young younger players. And Corey, you've obviously now had a taste of it. Um, does that leave you wanting more? Yeah, of course. Like, just being around it, even in training sometimes, and then the times that I was on the bench but I didn't come on, like it was just a good environment to be around. And, like, as a kid, like I was at the club for I've been at the club for ten years. Like it's something I've always wanted to do to play for the first team. So being in like this environment, getting the opportunity, just makes me want more. And when you see people who've been in your position previously, who have who have gone through and gone on to make their debuts, people like Dan. How much inspiration does that give you to to become that person yourself? I think the whole the whole philosophy of the club and the whole feeling around the club is that we'll definitely get a chance and seeing players that I've played with like Dan, Aaron, um, played with Albie, like seeing that type of stuff and seeing these players progress just instills hope in me and know like gives me a chance, like makes me feel like I can have a chance. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bowers there, pierces there, Bowers with a header, and it's done! Yes! Oh, it's yes! Oh, it's yes! Oh, Patrick Barr! The absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! Charlotte have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Get in! Come on! What a time to be a hero! Here at Wembley! Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the uh, big uh, match preview. Just before we sort of turn our attention back to Saturday's home game uh, with uh, Stockport in the FA Cup, Richard Church has sent an email. Hi guys, just want to react to the Ben Garner interview after the Port Vale debacle. Uh, ben was keen to point out that we don't have the quality to play uh, the way he wants to play. He is correct, we don't. I would therefore argue that we need to play the way that's best suited to the players that we have. Uh, he accused Port Vale of anti-football. This is both insulting and naive. Uh, if the way you play results in a win, then that, by definition, is effective. For me, professional sport is about winning. If my team wins, then I go home happy. I couldn't care less how we play. I'm not sure that no one uh, in Port Vale was reflecting after the game about the poor entertainment on show. I think they're all in the pub afterwards enjoying the winning feeling and looking forward to their next game. Pragmatism is underrated but very necessary, uh, and Ben Garner would be wise to learn that quickly. Thanks for being there. That's from Richard. Yeah, um because obviously you weren't on over the weekends, Mark. I'm just curious as to what you made of Ben Garner's comments after the game. Obviously, there was a lot of talk about Port Vale and their anti-football. There was a lot of talk about, you know, what, you know, basically the squad not being there and uh, what what he expected to, to be the case when he joined the squad and the budget not quite being there either. So there's plenty, plenty he had to say about not just Port Vale, but about ourselves and our ownership as well. So there were quite eye-opening comments to the extent that some people were saying, blimey, I wonder if Thomas is going to pull the trigger this week for insubordination but obviously that wasn't the case but yeah what did you make of it um it's not the case at the moment i did say very early on in the season i think it was probably week one or week two i don't expect garner to be here by christmas and i know we've got four weeks ago and i don't wish him out the job but i, I can't see it I, I think we'll take it if we get a couple more defeats i think it'll be an ideal time for ts to pull the trigger and say, you know, whatever BS he comes up with. Um, I, f- I feel for Garner, I really do. It's, it's, I think he'd slowly start to, you know, get on the fans a bit behind him because I think they could see what his conditions he's working under, the handcuffs. So for him to come out and say, look, you know, I was promised this, this, and I don't have this and this, so this is why we are where we are. One, it's wonderful honesty, which is rare in football nowadays. And two, you can understand it's someone who's probably at the end of his tether by saying, you know, I can't go back to the same well and keep dipping up. And it's all very well uh, TS saying about, oh, you know, wonderful youth system we've got, blah, blah, blah. But it's going to get you beaten week in, week out in this division. You need to have a bit more there. And I don't think... When it comes to um, January and a window open, I don't think we're going to prize his purse open and get anybody. I really don't. So do I think Garland's going to be here in four weeks' time? I don't. You know, I don't want to be wise after the event. So I'm saying it now, I don't think he's going to last till Christmas. And I think it'll be a sad indication of where we are, having a merry-go-round of um, managers again. So, And I can't see us being an attractive proposition for any out-of-work manager who we'd like not with people who are always same people names who are mentioned um i mean unless scott parker wants to drop down a few divisions i'm so 
Or Bowyer's still knocking around unemployed. I think Terry would explode if we got Scott Parker in as well. So let's uh, let's not yeah. think, let's not think about that. Right. Um, over the weekend, now the women's team went over to Sellers Park and came back with all three points. Charlton uh, beating Palace by two goals to one. Emily Sinkins, uh, Oaken opened the scoring uh, from the spot. Melissa Johnson uh, added a second before half time after a superb run from Angela Addison, who I have to say is looking like an absolute ball with her so far uh, this season. This weekend, they're playing uh, Bristol City uh, 2 p.m. at the Oakwood, a home game in the Conti uh, Cup. Now, uh, Emma Follis, um, she got injured actually in that game at the Valley, you may remember, against Birmingham at the start of the season. She finally came back into the action, came off the bench uh, during that win uh, at Sellers Park. And uh, she uh, told the club how pleased she is uh, to be back in action. Yeah, it was good. Obviously, injuries aren't ideal. Um, eight weeks out, um, it's been sort of mentally more tough. Um, so to get back out there again um, on a nice big pitch like that and to get the win, it was great. Obviously, the circumstances in the game kind of were under the cosh a little bit. So we were having to defend quite hard. Um, but yeah, it was, I'm just happy to be back and happy to be back in training and, and helping the girls to get points. No, so you talk about being happy to be back. For you personally, what do you find your personal ambitions and goals this this season? I think obviously to stay fit. Um, from now on, it's important that I do the rest of the season fully, um, get back fit and be able to then fully contribute to the team. Um, goals, assists, um, just cr- like creating situations where we can um, be good on the ball and, and try and keep a bit of composure in the team. Um, so, yeah, just use my experience and try and um, push us up as far as we can at the table. Obviously, turning to Conti Cup action now this weekend. Bristol City, a team that you, uh, history says you like to score against <laughs> quite a few times, but you see a bit of flying fog. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that's probably one of the only headers I've ever scored, and I don't think anyone's letting me forget it, which is quite nice. But, um, yeah, Bristol, very good team. Um, one of the favourites this year, I think, um, with the league. Obviously, they played well when they came to us last time. Um, so we want to obviously get one back over them. We want to um, take the competition seriously um, and, yeah, try and improve on our um, performance against Crystal Palace and, and go for the win. There we go. Great to see Emma uh, back at it then. As I said, the girls are at home uh, on Sunday, 2pm kickoff against Bristol City uh, in the Conti Cup. If you fancy going down now, of course, uh, the Addicts uh, men's team playing Stockport County in the FA Cup uh, this season. So I uh, wanted to find out a little bit more uh, about uh, Dave Chandler's uh, side. Um, as I said, promoted back into the Football League after a long, long spell out of it uh, last season. Um, so I, I did actually see them play away at Bromley, one of the few National League games I actually went to last season. They looked a very good side at that level, uh, so I wasn't surprised at all to see them coming up. Now, I spoke to Nick, uh, who's part of the Scarf Bagara War pod, uh, which is the Stockport County podcast. I asked him how excited he is for the cup tie coming up this weekend. Yeah, very excited, actually. Um, I was a bit... When, when, the, when the draw first came out, I, I always... When you get to round two, I kind of always want... I want a home tie against the lowest possible opposition in the hope that we get to round three. But it's, it's a new ground for a lot of people, you know, a Premier League ground. So I, I think as the weeks... As we're getting closer now, I'm kind of a bit, bit more excited now, yeah. Yeah, it should, mm. should be a decent game, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, what what was the, the overall reaction from the county fans to, to draw Charlton? Because I guess... Looking at it, I guess we'd probably be seen as a reasonably good draw, big draw out of the teams that are left in it, but... I don't know. We're not. We're not Man United. <laughs> so, is, is there a level of excitement to come to the Valley? Yeah, and it's certainly better than Ipswich away in terms, in terms of travel. So that, that's a start. But yeah, I think it's a new. Especially the last last five or six years, we've sort of picked up a lot of a lot of new younger fans who will never have been to a ground that's been in the Premier League like that recently. So yeah, I think it, I think I think they're probably fifty fifty on it. To be honest, I think. The fan base is a bit split. A lot of it, with it being close to Christmas, a lot of people are like, well, it's a lot of expense and stuff. But at the same time, yeah, how many chances do you get to go to like a proper ground like that? Mm. And and does it does it feel like then quite a, a big FA Cup tie in, in terms of you're you're playing like a a, a bigger side or, or are the guys just sort of seeing it as a, a chance to get into round three and then actually hope to to pick up a Premier League team? Yeah, that's the whole. But I mean, our experience of getting into round three, we we always seem when we're in round three, we always seem to be in one of the last six teams in the draw with all the big hitters, and then we'll get like Gillingham away or something. So <laughs> we we never expect anything from a big draw like that. But it's yeah, it's certainly a chance to to put ourselves up because we're we're not doing too badly since coming back into the league. We've kind of picked up a bit in recent weeks, and yes, it's a good chance to test ourselves against a 
a team who's basically where we want to be, you know, kind of pushing towards the championship. That, that's that's the aim for... Our owner said that when he took over a couple of years ago. He wants a championship in seven years. So it's a good... Same, we played Bolton away last season and then beat him in the replay on TV at Edgeley Park. And it's just... can really kickstart a season, I think, going toe-to-toe with a much bigger club. I think it could mm. be what we need. Yeah, I remember watching that game against Bolton on the... On the telly, actually, it was an exciting, uh, an exciting game. So, do Stockport have a sort of a reputation as being quite a a good FA Cup team, one that one that takes it quite seriously? Yeah, we've. I mean, I've been going since '94. So we we had we drew away at Everton in '95, and then '96, '97, we got to the semi final of the League Cup. But since then, obviously, dropping into non-league, you have to go through like two or three qualifying rounds to get in the FA Cup. So. First or second round has been as good as it's got, but the last five or six years we've actually beat beaten quite a few teams in leagues leagues above us. So there's kind of there's kind of this li- this little thing <laughs> at, the, at the back of your head that thinks, oh well, maybe maybe if everything falls right, it might be okay. Yeah, well that's uh, that's sending shivers down my spine already. I mean, have the have the fans <laughs> are the fans coming down in numbers? I think I think there's train strikes again this weekend, isn't there? But uh, so it might make it a bit more difficult. But have they, have they sold a lot of tickets? Yeah, it's, it seems like it's got. I think there's still a few available. Uh, we've not we've not completely sold out. Um, I know there's a lot of people who are kind of waiting waiting to the weekend to to make their minds up. But there's it doesn't help that the club don't tend to put coaches on. So when there's a train strike, you're left having to like go to the pubs and find out what coaches they're putting on. I know the club are putting I think one coach on, which I mean they could get five or six if they wanted to, but for some reason it's just the one. Hmm. That's a bit of a hassle then. So in terms of your cut run so far, so obviously, as you say, because you, you, you're back in the league now, you just come in, in round one like the rest of us. Um, I mean, you absolutely thumped Swindon, who I know uh, have, have been a decent League Two side last season. I don't know how good they've been this year, of course. But um, yeah, it looked like you took it quite seriously looking at the the team you put out there. There's, there's names I've recognised. Uh, Sarsevich, of course, the guy that you got from from Bolton. So did he, did he go reasonably strong in that game? Yeah, it's a strange one. I think I think we made I think we made seven changes, but with the depth we've got, it's still there's still like you said, a lot of recognisable players in there. There's still there's players chomping at the bit to get football and it seems in the cups this season we've rotated a lot. Um got through to the second round of the League Cup, like through ro- rotating and played Leicester and took them to penalties. And it's it's just it's one of them where you see the line up and you think, Well, he's not taking this seriously. We we're just playing like the the rotation players, but it's it's worked all right for us. So I think um we did that for Swindon, and Swindon made two changes, and we absolutely... they Previous to that, they were the best team I've seen us play this season when we played them in the league. So I don't know what happened to them that day, but I'll take it, you know, round two, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, I mean, look, looking ahead to Saturday's game, do you, do you come into it with, with, with some good momentum then? You mentioned, obviously, you're back in the in the football league. I actually, I actually saw you guys play at Bromley last season. Uh, Tuesday oh, yeah. night game. I think you won three 0 three one, something like that. And and you 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 stood out as probably one of the best national league teams I've seen in a while. But how's that translated into into League Two this season? I think a lot of us got a bit, uh, myself included, we got a bit giddy because obviously beating Bolton in the cup last season, towards the end of the season, every opposition manager was saying in their interviews, "Oh, that these are top end of League Two. And then we we were the bookies' favourites in the summer, and it took us a long time to get. I think it was like. September, October, before we properly started going. So we've been on a good run recently. We've just lost at the weekend at home to Leighton Orient in what was a, what was a fairly close game. We only, only lost 2-1 in the end to a team that I think will win the league by a fair margin. So we certainly, it's a decent time for us in that we've picked up a bit of form. We seem to be starting to do the things that we did well last season, which was a problem back in August. So yeah, I'd say we're in our right form. It could be better, but yeah, we're picking up the wins now. So and it's a free hit for us as well. I, mm. you know, if we lose, it's fine. But yeah, you never know. Yeah, and I mean, losing to a team that has Darren Prattley in it over the weekend, of course, is no disgrace because he's an absolute, he's an absolute legend. I'm sorry, he scored against uh, uh, against you guys. I mean, what, what's been the story of Stockport over the last, I don't know, decade or so? Because I, I remember when you were on the way down. I remember playing you probably the last time you came to the Valley in League One. Uh, and we only beat you two 0 but you were you were clear like one of the worst teams I've seen in a long time, and and it went all the way down to was it National League North? Did it, it did it even go any any lower than that? I mean, it was it was a remarkable fall, and and the the climb sees seems almost equally remarkable. Has there been ownership changes? Has there been big changes in direction behind the scenes? 
Yeah, so we had, we had several ownership changes. It's pretty much the last 20 years. It's around 2000, 2002, we were in the championship beating Man City and then just fell. Had a bit of a revival and then went into administration. And then just, I think we had two successive relegations from League, from League One down to the conference. Had two seasons in the conference and then dropped, yeah, dropped down into Division Six for six years. Got back up to the National League. And then as we were pushing towards the playoffs, uh, we got taken over by, uh, the lo- local businessman, basically self-made. I, I don't want to say billionaire, but I don't think he's far off. Um, yeah. And he's—it's it's not just been a matter of chucking money at the at the, at the team, though. He's the whole area, the whole of Stockport. He's investing in. He's given us a new. He's got us a new. We've got uh, Man City and United's old ground at Carrington, the training ground. We've got that now. Um, he's done the ground up. There's expansion plans, so it's it's looking bright all around. Which after the past ten years that we've had. It's kind, of, yeah. It's kind of been much needed, but we're getting to the stage now where the whole town's starting to come out and support the team, and we're selling out most weeks. Which, when when we're playing, I mean, we played lower teams than Bromley, and Bromley are a, a decent national league side, who you mentioned before. But I mean, we we had to play teams like Vauxhall Motors, North Ferriby, FC United, just teams that shouldn't even be on our rate, right? teams that we wouldn't even send our reserves to play in a friendly, and then all of a sudden they were doing better than us in the league. So. But just yeah, it's just it's just good to be back. I think a lot of us it's, we're still coming to terms with being back. To be honest, I know I am. Yeah, and like I said, well, like I said, that Bromley game I went to last season. I think you, you bought like four or five hundred down on a Tuesday night, which was remarkable. Yeah. It shows that the the town's getting behind them. So, what about the manager Dave Challoner? So, so was it was he came in during last season, didn't he? Um, and uh, well, a, a remarkable run. Like I say, but by the end of that season, you were clearly the, you know going toe to toe was it with Wrexham at the end of it. But you were clearly yeah. the, the the best team in the national league. So. He must be a pretty popular man around there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'll admit when he when cause he used to play for us about 20, 20 years ago, didn't have the best time as a player. That was kind of when the when the downfall started on the pitch. Um, and then he, every time we came up against one of his teams, he he managed Colwyn Bay against us, Fylde and Hartlepool. He just always had the better of us. And for some reason, I just got it into my head that he hated us. <laughs> I just assumed that he hated us. But yeah, from day one when he came in. First game we drew two each away at Bolton, and he just he just totally didn't even bring any signings in. He just got us pressing, playing with a high line, and yeah, the, the run we went on last year. I think it was something like one defeat in twenty two games at one point last season. We had a bit of a kind of stuttered a bit towards the end, but yeah, he's he's he's, he's a legend for what he's done already. Just getting us back into the football league after eleven, twelve years. So it's really exciting to see what he's mm. what he's going to do next. And do you think he's likely to go stronger Saturday then? So, like, so you did make a couple of changes then for the Swindon game, although obviously that that paid off anyway. But with it being a chance to get into the into the third round and uh, a game against a team who, on paper, should 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 be better, but obviously we're not we're not necessarily in the greatest run of form ourselves. So, do, do you think he'll go quite strong just to try and clinch that third round place? I'd hope so, yeah, because I think I've I've got a little feeling we could we could sneak a draw and bring bring you back to bring you back to Edgeley Park. So I think I think I think there'll be maybe three or four changes, but we seem to be a lot of the injuries we've had earlier in the season are clearing up now. So he he might use it as a chance to get a couple of the players who've been out, you know, back back up to match fitness. It's going to be it's always very interesting waiting for two o'clock on a match day to see what the team's going to be because it's very difficult to predict these days. Yeah, and so I mean, I'd love to to get a replay because I've not been to Edgeley Park. I've been past it on the train a million times, but it's still one I got a tick off. But um, so in terms of. Assuming he does go reasonably strong, I guess we'll be looking out for your your Paddy Maddens. They're they're probably the the headline players that we'll be looking out for. Is there anyone else that, that we should be aware of? Yep, you nailed it with Paddy Madden. Um, Kyle Wotton, his strike partner, his ta- target man, doesn't doesn't tend to score a lot of goals, but he's a a real handful. Um, the defensive midfield for me, Ryan Crowsdale. It's no coincidence that earlier in the season we were struggling. It's because he was out of the team. As soon as he's been back in, he just just shields shields the back three, does a great job of it. Plays the plays the ball to someone who's a better passer than him. And it's great. But we've got we've got pace pace down the wings as well at wing back. And we've got a. F- I'd, I'd imagine we'll have a fair few players on the bench that could come on and and change things, which is something we've not had for a long time. But we've got a little bit of pace on the bench and a couple of players that can spray the ball about. So yeah, but it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm sure there's some there's a, yeah there's a fair few players you'll you'll recognise, which is a, a nice contrast to what we've had over the last few years. There we go. Massive thanks to Nick for joining us uh, on the show this week. Uh, plenty of interesting information about Stockport County there. 
And uh, yeah, I think both sides will see this as a as a reasonable opportunity to try and get into the the third round. And and hopefully, as I said, hopefully we'll go strong. Uh, because that's the one thing I'm sort of clinging on to now is the fact we might get into the third round and and, and have something of interest uh, for the rest of the season. Right, we've run out of time uh, on this week's uh, Big Match Preview. Thanks to those of you who've joined us and got involved. Um, don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday then uh, to look back at whatever happens against Stockport. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed we'll get through and then maybe we'll try and do another Twitter space for the for the third round draw if that, if that happens. But uh, let, let's try and beat Stockport before we get too far ahead of ourselves. Right, thank you, Tom and Mark, for joining me on this week's Big Match Preview. Cheers, lads. Cheers, mate. Absolute pleasure as always. My name's Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. And we shall see you again on Sunday. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.